There we go. I know the sound man back there saying the pastor's going crazy. Turn his mic on and didn't have it on. But when you got to put earbuds in and glasses on, and I don't know, man. It's... Anyway, we had a wonderful time at our general conference, the General Assembly down in Orlando. First opportunity ever to carry staff members with us. And man, did we have a great time in the Lord. And uh, just a tremendous word of the Lord every day, every morning, every afternoon, every night. And so we had a great time. I wish I had time to visit with you, but I don't. So uh, if you don't know me, I'm Mike Sains. I'm the lead pastor here at the Harbor, and I'm delighted to see you here today. We start a brand new series, and some of you can identify with it. Call me crazy, right? Now, some of y'all have been called worse. Amen. I've been called worse. Amen. Matter of fact, I come home to a little bit of mail, you know, that I was opening and was laying on my desk this morning, and I realized that, man, I could have stayed in Orlando and been just as well off as read some of it. Are y'all with me? Say amen. How many of you know if you're doing anything right in the kingdom of God, somebody's going to get mad at you? Call me crazy, but I'm going to keep on doing it. Amen. I'm just going to obey the Lord because I, I just, I, I don't really care. Maybe I've just reached that point in my life, as Pastor Franklin said so eloquently the other night. I've just reached that point and this don't bother me no more. So let me invite you to call me crazy, but I ain't going. Turn with me if you have your Bible to the book of Jonah. I'm going to read chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. And he says, The word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, uh, Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it, because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa where he found a ship bound for that port. And paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. Call me crazy, but I ain't going. Amen. Now let me give you a little bit of background about Jonah, the son of Amittai. He, first of all, he was a patriot. He loved his native land. He loved his homeland. He was a prophet of the Lord, and God had spoke to him to go preach to the Ninevites. Nineveh was the capital of Assyria. Assyria had risen to be the world power of that day. Egypt had been the world power, but Assyria now had come on the throne and put down Egyptian rule, and the capital of the world empire of the day was Nineveh, a city of 120,000 people. And God says, I have seen the wickedness of Nineveh. I've seen how bad they are, and I want you to go and preach to them. And Jonah decided, I ain't going to Nineveh. I don't want to go preach to the Ninevites. I'm just not doing it. And some of you, God has without a doubt laid something on your heart, called you to do a work, and you, like Jonah, have said, call me crazy, but I ain't going. Y'all with me? Well, let, let me move on. The plan of God is laid out. I read it to you in the first three verses. He hated the Assyrians. He hated the Ninevites. He wanted no part of this. And so he buys a ticket, he gets on board a boat, and he heads toward um, Tarshish. Some of us have done the very same thing. We have got on a boat, 
Spiritually speaking, we went down into the ship. Now, if you'll notice, he went down to Joppa. He went down into the ship, and later he will go down into the sea. And anytime you are running from the Lord, it will be down, down, down. Are you with me? And so he gets out in the middle of the sea, and let's pick it up right there. Jonah got up and went the opposite direction. Verse 4 says, But the Lord hurled a great wind onto the sea. A violent storm arose. The ship is threatened to be broken up, and all the sailors were afraid. And each one cried to his own, lowercase g, God. And they threw the cargo into the sea to lighten the ship. But Jonah had gone down below where he lay down and fell into a deep sleep. Now the captain went to him and said, How can you sleep? Get up and call on your, lowercase g, God. You understand? People don't always get it. Jonah served the uppercase g. Jonah served the true and living God. He says, but get up and call on your God. Maybe he'll take notice of us that we would not perish. Then the sailors said to each other, come and let us cast lots together. Find out who's responsible. Casting lots was a way of rolling the dice. That's what it was. It was drawing sticks to see which one was the shortest. And so they drew lots to find out who was the reason that the gods had brought this great storm on them. Are you with me? Say amen. They ask him some questions. Tell us who you are. Tell us where you're from. What are you doing? And uh, all of these things. What is it that we can do to stop this storm? Finally, Jonah said, hey, guys, storm is on me. He said, I serve the Lord God of the Hebrews. I serve the one and true living God, and I'm running from him in a nutshell. I'm kind of doing my own thing. He told me to go somewhere, and, and I decided I ain't going. Y'all can call me crazy if you want to. But let me just say this. He, there's four times in this little passage that, number one, call me crazy, I ain't going. Then he'll have a moment in just a minute that says, call me crazy, but I'm going to go. And then he'll have a moment in a few minutes that says, call me crazy, but I'm here. And then we'll close out with, call me crazy, but I wish I hadn't came. You know, some of y'all feel like the same confused mess, and you're just saying, just, just call me crazy. You ain't even got to have an addendum to it. Just call me crazy, and that's where I'm at. Are you with me? Say amen. So they all cried out to their own God. They cried out to the Lord, and the, the sea just would not uh, obey. It, it wasn't going to behave. And so something had to happen, and, and they did not want his blood on their hands, but they said, why has this come upon us? He said, I'm running from God. He said, I'll tell you what, if you'll just pick me up and throw me overboard, it'll all get better. It'll all be better if you'll just do that. And so they, the Bible says, nevertheless, they rode hard. They tried everything they could do to make it so they didn't have to throw him over. They did not want to kill him. They didn't want to be responsible for his life. But the Bible said, how many of you know, the storm kept on. The storm kept raging. So they got him and they, they hurled him overboard. And then the Bible said in the last part of chapter 1 that God had prepared a great fish to come his way. So call me crazy, but I'll go. That's about what's to happen here. Check this out. In chapter number 2, he says, the Lord provided this, well, that's in 1, but he said, the Lord provided a great fish to, to swallow him up, and uh, he's now inside the belly of a whale. He's in, in this fish. And 
He says, I cried out to the Lord in great trouble, and he answered me. I called to you from the land of the dead, he said, and you heard me. You threw your ocean depths around me, and I sank to the heart of the sea. The mighty waters had engulfed me. I was buried beneath your wild and stormy waves. And then I said, Lord, I've been driven from your presence, he says, but yet I'm going to look again once more to your holy temple. Let me just say this. If you've tried to outrun the Lord, you can't. And when he gets you to the place where you feel like the earth with her bars is all around you, the best thing you can do is look again unto his holy hill. The best thing you can do is like Jonah and repent and say, oh, Lord, I was a fool to think I could outrun you. I, I don't know what, but, you know, call me crazy, but I, I gave it my best, but I, I realized I can't outrun you. And so the Bible says here he is in this fish's belly. How long? Three days? Three nights. That's important. Jesus would later make reference to this in Matthew chapter 12 and verse 40. He would say, as Jonah was in the belly of a whale for three days and three nights, even so I, the Son of Man, must be in the heart of the earth. Amen. Someone says, well, this was just a fairy tale. Well, if it is, then Jesus referenced it and compared him to Jonah, who was in the belly of a fish. He said, I'll be in the heart of the earth for three days. So, so we find Jonah, he's in a bad spot, but you know, in this fish's belly, he says, but I sank you know, down to the bottom. Seaweed is around my head. The roots of the mountains are around me. I'm imprisoned in this place. He said, but I'm calling on you. When my life slips away, I remember the Lord. When my life was ebbing away, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer rose to your temple. Verse 8, he says, for those who cling to worthless idols... Turn away from and turn away from God's love for them, but I, with shouts of grateful praise, will sacrifice to you. Let me tell you something. God can change your mind. Amen. When you get in, when you get in a bad spot, bad enough. When it gets in a place dark enough, hard enough. God can change your mind. He says, but I remember the Lord. I'll say salvation comes from the Lord. And the Lord commanded that fish, and I know it's gross, but he vomited him out on dry ground. How about that? He spewed this fellow out of his mouth. This prophet now that smells like puke is ready to go. Call me crazy, but I'm going to go. So he goes there, and, and I need to hurry through this. There's four chapters in Jonah. And uh, it's a lot to cover, so just, and then I've got a, a closing illustration I want to share with you, so I need to move on. But he gets there to this assignment. He didn't want to go to start with, but now he's there. Call me crazy. I ain't going. Call me crazy. Well, I'm in the belly of a fish. I've decided now to go. So, uh, and then he gets there. Call me crazy, but I'm here. Some of y'all are here at the harbor right now. Look in the mirror and say, call me crazy. I said, I wasn't never going to be with that crazy bunch out there, but here I am. And now they take pictures every Sunday and put up videos, and every, the whole world knows I'm crazy as they are. And some of them are going to keep on calling you crazy. Just get to the point where you don't care. Amen? You know what they call Jesus? They say he's a glutton. He's a friend of sinners and publicans. He's a wine-bibber. And I got, you know, Jesus just didn't really care. 
what they thought. Uh, why should you care what the world thinks anyway? So call me crazy, he says, but, but I'm here. Now I want you to understand something about Nineveh. Nineveh in chapter 3. Nineveh was a large city. It took three days to go across the city of Nineveh. 120,000 people. That's a lot of folks back then. Jonah came preaching the judgment of the Lord. He came in there and said, in yet 40 days, says God, fire and brimstone will rain down and Nineveh shall be destroyed. Now, I want you to understand something about Jonah. He was a fireball preacher. He came in there preaching, this is what God has said. Never one time did he ever contemplate or think about a merciful God. Well, he did think he just never said it. He never gave them the option. He just said, in 40 days, God will rain fire down out of heaven, and this place will be burnt to a heap of ashes. That's in a nutshell what he's saying. So let me go on. He, is, um, uh, he, he believed this message. He preached this message. And guess what? The people believed the message. The king believed the message. Matter of fact, the king got down off of his throne he said to the people, he signed a law, an edict that said, no man nor animal shall eat or drink. You can't eat or drink a thing. You can't feed your animals. and You can't allow them to drink for 40 days. We're going to repent in sackcloth and ashes. The Bible said he put on burlap himself and sat in ashes and repented to God cried to God. The people cried to God. The people wailed before God. Now, I want you to get this. Uh, when God saw what they had done, he changed his mind, and he did not carry out the destruction that he had threatened. How many of y'all remember when Solomon was dedicating the temple in 2 Chronicles 7 and 14? And he said, God, but what about if there's a time when your people Decide to do differently than your word says. What about those who disobey your laws, your statutes, your precepts, your, they break covenant with you? What about them? He said because, you know, Solomon knew that he struggled with his own flesh. And he says, oh God, what, what shall we do then? Because your presence is so thick right now. The, the, the room is filled with your presence and all that. He said, but what if there's a time where we mess up? And God said, if my people that are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sins. I'll, I'll heal their land. Are you with me? Well, let me say this. Jonah knows that God is a loving God. Jonah is filled with patriotism and nationalism. He loves the Lord God. He loves the, his homeland. Are you with me? And he kind of feels like that God is an isolationist and God only loves Hebrew people. Y'all with me? And God's about to give him a great lesson in the fact that he loves everybody. He loves those who are of a different culture. He loves those who have uh, subscribed to a different creed. He loves those who live across the sea. He loves those who are our neighbors. You see, the Ninevites were there. The Assyrians were, had deported some of you know, Israel's people. They were mean, if you will. And, but God loves mean people. You can look at your neighbor and say, God loves you. 
God loves all of us. So, Jonah sees what's happening. He's preached this fireball message. Yet 40 days, says God, fire and destruction and brimstone's going to rain out of heaven. And, then, you know, and Jonah has his mind made up. Son, it's going to look like for you and I Americans the 4th of July around here in just a few more days. Hello? Now, I don't know at what point into his preaching the king made the proclamation. I doubt it was day one or two or three. But I would think that it was, you know, uh, uh, maybe a week into it, maybe some point when he saw the people starting to repent. But the people were beginning to repent. The people were, they weren't going out to the restaurants of the day. They weren't cooking in the backyard. They weren't doing anything, but you could hear people wailing. You could hear people gathering in the streets. You could hear people gathering in gathering places and calling on the God of Jonah and asking God to forgive them, repenting of their sins, confessing of things they had done. And Jonah, rather than rejoicing at, you know, this, this successful campaign, this great revival where these people are just, you know, pouring their heart out, yet three more days and God is going to rain fire down. Jonah wanted to see the fireworks. But that whole place repented in sackcloth and ashes. They fell on their face before God. They asked God to forgive them of their trespasses and their sins. And God decided not to carry out that that he had threatened to carry out. And it made Jonah mad. Forty days expired. Jonah has made his way to the edge of the city now because he just knows that God's about to light off a firecracker like you ain't never seen. Hello? He makes his way out to the edge of town, and there he sits watching. I don't know if he has him a glass of water or tea or whatever, but he's there and set up and ready for the show because he's been the prophet of the Lord. He has prophesied this is going to happen, and now he takes his seat to see it go down. And it's hot out there, but it don't go down. He was a mad preacher. He was more filled with patriotism and nationalism than he was the compassion of God. And God taught him a very valuable lesson that he loves all people. Jonah is upset now. Jonah is angry now. He, and you know, he has a conversation with God. And here's what it says in chapter 4. He says, didn't I say this to you before I left? Lord, this is why I ran to Tarsus. That's why I didn't want to come to start with because I know that you are merciful and you are compassionate. Jonah said, I didn't want to go because I knew I'll go and this will happen. You'll change your mind. I'm going to tell you something. I'm glad that God will change his mind if I'll change my ways. That's tweetable right there. God will change his mind if I'll change my ways. Well, uh, you know what Jonah says? He said, you're filled with unfailing love and eager to turn back from destroying people. Here's what he said. Just kill me now, Lord. Can I put a little mycology in there? Would that be all right? Call me crazy, but I shouldn't have came here. Call me crazy. But I should have stayed in Tarsus. Well, I never really quite got there. Because God had a way of disrupting my plans 
and put me in a predicament where I was almost forced to say yes. No, he made him see reality. Sometimes you have to be convinced. God had a unique way of convincing him. Are you with me? Say amen. But he gets there now. He's in this dreadful place. And, uh, but, but let me say this. Is he crazy or what? I've never known of an evangelist that went to town. And not one or two or 12 or 15 people. Not one or 1,000 or 15,000 got saved. The whole city got saved. Man, you're talking about an evangelist. Huh? I mean, the whole place got saved. Even the king sat in burlap and in ashes. Everybody got saved. I mean, this man's going to be booked for revivals from, never, for, for, from now on. He ain't never going to have to worry about picking up the phone and saying, Hey, this is Jonah. I'd like to come preach for you. But he's so filled with his own agenda. Huh? Crazy? Yes, you could call him that. Because that he was. Number one, to think you can outrun God. Huh? Number two, to go preach a revival and have the greatest results in the history of mankind and get mad about it. Huh? So, so let, me, let me try to tie this up if I may. Just kill me now, Lord. I'd rather be dead than alive if what I predicted will not happen. That's what he said. I'd rather be dead than alive if what I've said don't come to pass. In other words, God, I'm more concerned about my reputation than I am you saving 120,000 people. You see, he, here's the thing. He's the one that never gave them the caveat. He's the, he, he's the, let me say this. Listen, everybody, every preacher has got to give them a way out. These people repented when the preacher didn't even give them a way out. He, what he said would be tantamount to me coming up here saying, all of you dying and going to hell. Now for the camera, I didn't say that to him. I'm saying what Jonah went to Nineveh and said was that in 40 days, God's going to judge this place and all of it's going to hell in a handbasket. That's in a nutshell. Fire's going to rain out of heaven from God. Destruction's coming to this place. He didn't say nothing about if you would repent tonight, if you'd come to the altar on the count of three, if you would do this or you would do that, God may relent. He didn't give them no way out. He just said, God's going to do it, man. Fireworks is about to happen. 20 days, 19 days, 17 days, and it's going to be toast around here. Huh? And Jonah was so filled, let me say this, when you get so filled with your own agenda, you're in trouble. Even if it's something that God had said he was going to do. Jonah got so hyped up on the fact that God was going to kill some Assyrians, he forgot about the mercy of God. Forgot about the love of God. So, so let me try to tie this up. Uh, so he's more worried about his reputation than he is Anything else? If you'll notice, he, he never gave him a way out but 40 days, and it's over from here. Listen, now, now Jonah is the only preacher I've ever known to do such as, as this. I wish I'd never came. I've never gone to a revival and had those kind of results. I've had some wonderful results, but, but I've never left a revival where even, you know, let me give you an example. Back when I first started preaching, I hadn't preached 15 times, probably hadn't preached 10 times. My district overseer called me one day, and he asked me if I would go and preach at a church way out in the country. Man, I was going to preach anywhere. It didn't matter to me. I did. So I drove 180 miles round trip. Y'all with me? 
I'm talking about this place back there. I drove 180 miles round trip. Now, I did it twice that day, so that's 180. So it was 90, 45 there, 45 back, you know, morning and night. And, and guess what? You know how many people showed up Sunday morning? Five. Five people showed up. That counted me and Kelly. Y'all with me? I was kind of disheartened. I come back that night and about, I don't think Kelly come back with me. But about, oh, you did? Anyway, five people show up. Six people show up. I give the altar call. I'm thinking to myself, man, I'm a fool. I, I'm going to give a salvation altar call. And I'm telling you, I'm so far out in the woods. Did you know that three people come to the altar to give their heart to the Lord? Three people. I went back, and the next time I testified, I said half of the church got saved. That's right. It was no injustice. I mean, I didn't tell them the church ran five, but... But Jonah had the whole city got saved. The whole city got saved. And he's sitting out there, and he's mad. He's sitting out there, and the sun's beaming on him like South Georgia. He's mad. He's furious with God. That's why I told you I didn't want to come. And all of a sudden, a plant grew up, a big plant with big old leaves grew up, and it shaded over his head. So, you know, his little pity pot just sort of settled down a little bit. He sat there, and all day the fire didn't come. Next morning, fire didn't come. The next morning, a worm ate through the stalk of the leafy plant, and it fell over. And Jonah got mad at God. And said, wait a minute now, my shelter, now you're taking that away. I want you to understand something. The leaf obeyed God. The sun obeyed God. The scorching wind obeyed God. The worm obeyed God. Everybody there obeyed God except Jonah. And God said to Jonah, he said, Jonah, you didn't know the plant. You didn't build the plant. You didn't know that the, it come up overnight. It come up quickly and it died quickly. And you're concerned about it, but you're not concerned about 120,000 people that don't know their left hand from their right. So you feel sorry for the plant and you did nothing to get it here. You did nothing to see it go. I, I want to tie it up like this and say, here, here's what God did. God saved the entire city. God wants to do something with you. I don't know what mission, I don't know if it's a, a Nineveh in your life you've got to go to. I don't know what that is or what it looks like for you. I don't know what that dream is or what that next step is, but it was, I was laying in bed two nights ago. The Lord brought an envelope to my mind. And I said, well, Lord, what do you want to show me about an envelope? He said, well, just use that and tell them there's a great message there. And in this corner right here, this you know, says the Harbor Worship Center because this is leaving from here going to Cleveland. I take it back, going to South Georgia to Tifton. But right here, this envelope, I have to admit where I am. In this little window right here, I have to own up where I'm at. We're at 140 Cold Rain Road, Kingsland, Georgia. And for whatever it is God's going to do in your life right now, you've got to own where you are. 
got to own where you are. And I don't know where it is. I know physically you're here right now, but you, you have to say, this is who I am. This is where I am. This is what I'm doing. You have to own that. And then in the middle right here, you got to put a destination. That's kind of the dream. It's kind of the vision, where you're headed. You see, because this cannot go anywhere until I decide to write in a destination. So I write in that destination or I allow God to write that destination. And you know, so for me to, to, to for it to be fruitful, I have to have a place because if I, if I try to mail this without a destination, they're going to say, what? And guess what it's going to do? It's going to go right back there. And some of you have done that a hundred times and you keep finding yourself right where you are because you hadn't stated anything down here where you really want to go. So you have to identify where you are, but then you got to say, where do I want to be? Where does God want me to be? And then there's something else about this. Over here, now this is metered, but what it means is somebody paid for this to get from here to where it's going. Somebody paid for this vision to get from 140 Colerain Road to Tifton, Georgia. And what is it in your life right now that you've identified where you are? You've identified where you want to go, but some of you ain't willing to pay the price. Ain't willing to pay the price. Now, what is that price? I'm not, it might be money. It will most definitely be blood, sweat, and tears. Hard work. You cannot get from here to here without paying the price. Prayer, fasting, church attendance, Bible study. It might take a life group along the way. But then I got I to gotta say something else before we pray. Finally, you can do all of this if you want to, and some of you have. You've identified where you are. You looked in the mirror and said, yep, that's me. Sure is me. I sure need to do something about this lack of hair or whatever it is. I don't, I don't know. I sure need to do something about this lack of education. I need to do something about this ministry that God's been dealing with me. That's where I'm at. You know where you're supposed to be going. You've even put the stamp on it. You've got people willing to sponsor you. You've got, you've got all kind of stuff going. You've got grants. You've got this. You've got that. I mean, the blood, the sweat, and the tears. And you've done all of that, but you're so stinking scared. I'm going to tell you, this thing, this thing is done, man. I mean, oh, by the way, yeah, there is, there is something in there. Are you with me? You can say where you are. You can say where you want to go. You can even pay the price for it to go. How many of you ever done that? You put it, you laid it on the table. You went on about your business. Tomorrow, you're supposed, you're supposed to took it somewhere. A couple places. Number one, you can walk out to your mailbox and slide it in there and put the flag up. Or you can stop by the post office and drop it in, in, in the blue box there. Or you can hand it to the postmaster or whoever. But until you take this to a place that it can be launched from, 
until you get it into a position where it can leave. Some of you have said, this is me, that's where I want to go, I'm willing to pay the price, but you will never put yourself in a position to leave from. When I joined the U.S. Air Force, took the physical on December the 29th of 1984, on April the 15th of 1985, I got in a car with my dad and I drove to the Trailway bus station, or excuse me, the Greyhound bus station in Columbus, Georgia, in downtown. And I hugged him goodbye and pushing back all the tears I could push back, walked on to that Greyhound bus, took a seat. And it wasn't but a few moments later, a driver got on board, shut the door, released the brakes, and we pulled out of that bus station. And in the distance, I saw my dad fading away as I headed toward Atlanta. He had to take me to a place where I could leave from. So call me crazy if you want to. And I've done some crazy things, and, and, and that's all right in my life. But my friend, you're never going to make that dream come true. You'll never do it as long as you, well, first you got to admit where you are. You got to admit where you want to go. Be willing to pay the price. And then you got to put yourself in a position to launch from. Stand with me if you will. Let me tell you what Jonah did. God called him to do something and he decided to go buy a ticket, but it wasn't going to Nineveh. He said, call me crazy, but I ain't going. Let me just say this. You will never be happy running from God. You'll never be happy truly outside of the will of God for your life. You can run, you can hide, you can do all that. You can identify where you are. You can say where you want to go. You can be willing to pay the price. But I believe God is looking for some people that says, you know what? I am going to put myself in a spot where I can make this happen. I'll tell you what, in the morning, in the morning, this will be sealed. This is one of our church reports, actually. It'll be sealed, and it'll hit a mailbox tomorrow some point, and they'll meter this thing. It basically says it's on its way. And in a day or two, it'll arrive in Tifton, Georgia, and the other one in Cleveland. What I'm saying is this. You'll never get where God wants you to be while you're laying, just sitting on the table, knowing where you are, knowing where you want to be, willing to pay the price until you get yourself in a spot. So you know what? You know what people are going to do when you're trying to get yourself into this spot? You're identifying who you are and where you want to go and all that. They're going to call you crazy. You know you're crazy. Don't let that offend you. Go ahead and be crazy in love with Jesus. Be crazy about fulfilling His will. Just be crazy about doing crazy things for Him. I'll tell you the craziest thing in this world is to know that all of the Bible has come to pass. It's come to fruition, and we've come way on down here to the last part. And it's crazy that some people think the last part's not going to end like the first three quarters of it. Everything God has said has come to pass. And I'm promising you this.
it will end just like he said. I am Alpha and Omega, beginning and the end, the author and the finisher of the faith. Let's pray. Father, we love you now. I pray, Lord, that there's one here today, God, that would decide I'm going to do it your way. And I don't care if they call me crazy. I'm going to do it your way in Jesus' name. If you decide to do that, let me say this before our host comes or before Emery comes. She's going to come and make an announcement. If you're here and you don't know the Lord Jesus as your personal Savior, it's as simple as believing with your heart that God raised His Son Jesus from the dead and praying this prayer, Father, I believe in my heart and I confess with my mouth that you raised your son Jesus from the dead. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Therefore, I am saved. If you commit your life to the Lord, I need to know about it. You can write it on a hay card. You can let me know. I'm excited about our next steps together. You may be seated for just a brief moment. Emory is coming to share some important announcements.